Thanks for listening to Danny and Dusty On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Is your heater safe? Why replace it when Service Patriots can restore it? Get their $59 27-point furnished tune-up and safety check, including a free 1-inch filter. They'll also check your AC for free. Go to ServicePatriots.com. It's 1.30 on the Wednesday. 1.30-ish. Close enough. Yeah. On the line is the host of BetMGM Night and Odyssey Sports Betting Insider, Ryan Horvath. Insider calls are presented by BetMGM. Go check out all the latest lines today on the BetMGM app. Also, be sure to listen to BetMGM Tonight podcast. For more of Ryan Horvath's analysis, just search BetMGM wherever you find your podcast. Horvath, how you doing, brother? Doing good, guys. Uh, getting excited for the weekend. Big college football slate. Obviously, mm. it's great having the NBA back, um, especially on the weekdays, you know, um, not that Tuesday night action and Conference USA isn't great, but it's good to have different options. And the World Series is still going on. So, uh, great time of the year. I am waiting for where I can find my lines on Hutchinson Community College to uh, bet the over on a million bugs for his point total for the season. And oh, it, I know. Is, as soon as you, I saw that tweet yesterday, and I was dying. If you miss it, go to Ryan Horvath's uh, Twitter account. Uh, there's a basketball player named A Million Bugs out there. And it's one of the great basketball names of all time, but he plays community college basketball. Uh, let's get to football, Horvath. What? Okay, when you see the college football playoff committee roll out their top 25 for the first time, does it send up any signals for you as far as future bets that are going on? Because this is a weird time uh, where you're in the middle of the college football season, yet it almost seems like we get a brand new set of futures that you can get in on the on the college football playoff with. Yeah, and it's funny. like The market doesn't really move, but there are some interesting things, I think. Like, for example, big game coming up this weekend for – I mean, there's a lot of big games coming up this weekend, obviously. Washington, USC mm-hmm. being one of them in the Pac-12. But – uh you know, I'm really excited for this Alabama-LSU game because Bama's not dead. They have the one loss to Texas, but that's in the non-conference. So a one-loss Alabama team, you know, if they get to the SEC championship game, if they're able to run the table, I could still see them sneaking into the college football playoff. And right now they're 14-1. to You're never going to get a 14-1 to price on Alabama ever again. And it's funny because, like, defense, they're not historically great. They're not, you know, as good as some of those defenses were a couple of years ago when they won the national title. But they're really good, and they're figuring out how to get after the quarterback the last couple weeks. You know, they have some really good pass rushers, and the secondary is really good. They have a top-ten pick in Kool-Aid McKinstry. And then offensively, like Jaden Milrow isn't Tua, or he's not uh, Bryce, but he can hit the deep shot, man. And LSU's defense can't stop anybody. So I was looking at uh, Alabama like 14-1, to but I also have some Jaden Daniels uh, Heisman futures, and he's down to plus 325 right now. You know, he's number two in total QBR. Yeah, they have the two losses. But if he if he beats Alabama uh, and LSU ends up getting into the SEC title game, I think he could be your Heisman. So there are some certain angles. You know, there's some angles that I'm looking at here. The one big takeaway I had was what concerns me a little bit for the Pac-12 teams because I have some Oregon futures. I think they're the best team in the Pac-12. I mean, I like Washington as well. I just like Oregon a little bit better on the defensive side of the ball, even though Washington did beat him in the head-to-head. I think if we get the rematch on a neutral, I would like Oregon in the game. But, man, Ohio State at number one scares me. And it makes sense because they played such a tough schedule. They have a couple really good road wins. Obviously, they beat Notre Dame, even though Notre Dame had 10 men on the field the last two plays of that game. Uh, they beat Purdue, even though they're down a little bit. They beat the Badgers and covered the spread in prime time at Camp Randall. And then Ohio State has the win, um, obviously, at home over Penn State as well, a top-10 team at the time, you know, who's now fallen a little bit. but uh, So that's what concerns me a little bit because – 
the only loss for Ohio State's most likely going to beat Michigan. I think Michigan's yeah. the best team in the country. I don't know that I agree with them being ahead of Florida State, though, at three because they haven't played anybody. Whereas if you look at Florida State's schedule, they have a win over Duke, right? They have yeah. a win over Clemson. And they have a non-con win over LSU, who was a top-ten team at the time, on a neutral field. So I think if anybody got hosed, it was Florida State. But as far as the futures, I think Alabama's a team that you could buy in on. And what makes me nervous for a team like Oregon or Washington is I could see Ohio State with one loss getting into the playoff, an undefeated Michigan team getting into the playoff, Georgia not losing a game, getting into the playoff, and then Florida State as well. We're going to have a lot of good teams miss out this year. And it's like I was arguing against the expansion, you know, the expanded playoff, but this would have been the perfect year to have it because we have more parity now than ever. Yep. Orvat, you've got, you said you've got the NBA back. You've got a, a, a weekend, which isn't a ton of data, but it's something to work with. I, I like being a real sicko here and looking at the uh, rebuilding teams, particularly Portland, the Detroits, yeah. the Washingtons of the world, uh, as the teams that uh, Vegas is not going to catch on to real fast because there's so much newness to the teams. When you look at the everybody wants to bet the the, the, the flashy stuff, the you know the rookie of the year lines, things of that nature. But when you're looking at the real bottom of the barrel teams, how much value actually is there in early season before you know the 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 big betting companies kind of catch on? Yeah, especially like with the player props, I think that there's really good value. I mean, nobody's caught on to with the young guys. Um, everybody's like, oh, I'll play Scoot's points. You know, he's going to be really ball dominant, or I'll play Wemby's blocks, which I did last night, and it finally came home. I like to play. I go full sicko mode. I go into like the alternate. Uh, lines like last night, Wemby to block four shots was plus 500 in some shops. And he hadn't went over one like the entire, what, three games before that. So I uh, did take a shot with that. And he ended up finishing with four. So I made some big money. But like the angles I like with these young players, turnover props have been great with Wemby. They were setting it at one and a half, two and a half. Every single night he has at least four turnovers. You know, and I think even like in the market as far as like some of these younger teams or just teams that aren't going to be any good. You know, I think that we're getting some really good prices early on in the season, especially because I know that the league said that they were going to crack down on the load management. We're not seeing it right now. Phoenix still hasn't rolled out anybody yet. And so, like last night, I took a shot with San Antonio as well on the money line. You know, I mean, obviously you could grab some big numbers. You're always looking for the key numbers. Back in the day, I would look for anything over seven and a half because if a team was down seven, that would be like, we'll wave the white flag. Now teams foul even down seven, and then they won't attempt a field goal on the other end. It drives me nuts. But that's what I'm usually looking for is a team like a Portland, a San Antonio in a really good spot. Maybe you have a contending team like the Suns or like the Nuggets, but they're on the second night of a back-to-back. Or they have a big game coming up against the Clippers. You know what I mean? Like certain things like that. But I love the player props, even with these young guys. And instead of going with their points and assists, I kind of go with the hater props. Like I bet turnovers (laughs) and things of that such. But uh, that's what I like to do with these young teams early on here. All right, we have not talked about this uh, r- really at all. We haven't talked much World Series, period, uh, with you or MLB postseason. You got an over-under of 8.5, right, it, it, coming into this game. And for for an, a potential elimination game tonight, Evaldi's on the hill. 8.5 seems like, against Zach Gallon, who has been a roller coaster for the uh, Diamondbacks, does it seem like we may have an over with a massive number for baseball in, in the Game 5 of the World Series tonight? See, like in these big spots, it's always narrative-based for me. But, okay, for example, Game 7 in um, the playoffs, I always bet unders because obviously like yep. guys tighten up. We see a lot of defense. In hockey, Game 7, 
Usually both goalies come to play. I'll play some unders. And in baseball, you know, like certain pitching matchups, I'll play an under. This is one that scares me a little bit, man. Like I've been off in this series. I'm not going to lie. It's hard. And the entire postseason. I mean, this season has been ridiculous because the Braves look like the best team in all of baseball. And then all of a sudden in the American League, you're like, man, Baltimore is really for real, and then they don't get out of the first round of the postseason. And I did not see this coming, obviously, from Arizona. Texas, I was pretty high on all season long. I did play some Texas futures. Unfortunately, I didn't do anything with the Rangers to win the World Series or anything like that. And they were hot at the end of the year, too. But what scares me, like betting an under with them, is one through nine in that lineup, they got guys that could hit the long ball. They got guys that could take walks, guys that get on base, guys that, you know, are clutch here in the postseason. And same thing with Arizona. So if I had to bet this game, I would go under and I would go with the Rangers. I, I think the Rangers are the better team. I think the Diamondbacks have been the fun story. The Rangers spent so much money, obviously, the last couple of years. And it sucks for a guy like Jacob DeGrom, obviously, who got paid, you know, and uh, gets hurt early on in the season, has Tommy John surgery once again. But I just think that, the Diamondbacks are finally outmatched. I say that, now watch, this will go seven, they'll end up winning. Uh, this is a 2-1 game if I don't bet the under. But I would lean under in Texas tonight if okay. I had to bet it. Well, especially Garcia with a, with an oblique in you. And you. Anytime you're having an oblique and the dude hit rakes all game long. Right. All right. All right. Exactly. Selfishly, what do you expect if you're going to bet one way or the other with the Raiders for the rest of the season? Are you, are you fading them the rest of the way because they're going to go full tank fast? Or are you thinking they're going to be a fun, plucky, get a new, new coach, new GM bump uh, with the oppressive regime of McDaniels now gone? I usually will bet the team. Like, I love the commanders against the Patriots because they just traded away Montez Sweat and Chase Young. And, like, the Patriots shouldn't be three-and-a-half-point favorites over anybody. Those are always the kind of angles that I'm looking at. And that might be the way that I look at the Raiders just because, man, I am not a Josh McDaniels guy. I just um, – what the hell's he been doing the last couple of weeks? Like, it's great that a couple of the, like a couple of these things have happened on primetime spots. The Raiders have played way too many standalone games already. And everybody got to see, like, oh, man, this guy really is a doofus because he's kicking a field goal to make a one-score game a one-score game or a two-score game a two-score game, certain things like that. And they have all this talent. Like, you draft Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame in the second round. I thought that was a steal. You don't use them. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Devontae Adams. You have Hunter Renfro. You don't use them. Mm-hmm. You have Jacoby Myers. They have way too much talent. They have Jacobs, who led the league in rushing yards last mm-hmm. year. I get he's not having a great year, and the old line's been down a little bit. But you've got to get creative with the play calling, and that's why you hire a guy like Josh McDaniels, who's been in the OC his entire career. Uh, but now they might get a little bit of a bump, man. Jimmy Garoppolo, especially when he has to go to that second read, not very good this season. Um, Aiden O'Connell did not look good in his one start, but I kind of liked him at Purdue. He's an older quarterback as far as a rookie. You know, he's like 25 years old, and they have a ton of talent. they got a guy like Max Crosby on the defensive side of the ball. If we get the right numbers, I'll probably bet him as, like, big dogs. I'm not going to bet them to win too many games because I think they should go full tank mode for Caleb, for Drake, May, whoever you like, especially in that market, man. You mm-hmm. just built that stadium. I just think you have to get your quarterback in the future, and I promise you it's not Aiden O'Connell. Well, uh, your beloved Packers, their GM, Brian oh. Gutenkus, says that they need more time to evaluate uh, Jordan Love. Do you? <laughs> no, I don't. I didn't need time to evaluate Jordan Love when he was at Utah State. This is going to be – this will go down as my most famous take. I just didn't like the Jordan Love pick because a guy like Jordan Love, man, needs to play right away, right? He was always going to be a project, and – 
you were coming off an NFC championship game where you gave up over 300 yards on the ground. You needed help on the defensive side of the ball. You needed another yeah. wide receiver other than Devontae Adams and T. Higgins was there. And listen to me, like if you want a quarterback like that's going to be a project, in the second round that year, Jalen Hurts goes. He's Jalen Hurts is doing things that only six quarterbacks in NFL history have ever done, and you draft Jordan Love. Like that's my thing. If you needed your project, you wait until the second round. Because even if they hated Aaron Rodgers, man, he was still on contract for four more years, yeah. under contract for four more years. He wasn't going anywhere. So Brian Gutekinds needs to go. The team president, Mark Murphy, needs to go. Jordan Love needs to go back to the USFL or Utah State or the XFL merger or whatever it is. And I think that they need to uh, tank. They need to tank for Drake. That's what I'm starting. I don't right, even want to No, 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 no. Raiders are beating you there, all right? No, nope, being you nope. there. You guys can have Caleb Williams. <laughs> you get Caleb. That's fine. You get Caleb and his turnover-worthy throws. We want big wow. like six-five quarterback. I'm, I'm, I'm becoming that guy again. You wow. know, I used to stick up for the short quarterbacks, man. But then guys like yeah. Kyler, some of these guys have let me down. Baker has let me down. So now I'm, I'm, I'm going to be that guy I, now. I, I want can, big hands, six foot five. I oh, cannot man. wait for you to unveil the take on social media that no, 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 you don't want Caleb Williams. Drake May is built for Wisconsin in cold weather football. <laughs> That's what it is. He's built for the cold. You can't have a slender quarterback. He needs to be built for it. Exactly. You know who might be? Uh, Bo Nix might end up being like the best option for a team like Green Bay. I, I can't wait to see what him and Penix look like at the next level, man, because those are two guys where that's why I love, not to go on a rant here, but that's why I love the transfer yeah. portal. Those guys, I mean, Bo Nix couldn't win a game on the road at Auburn, and Michael Penix couldn't stay healthy at Indiana. Now both are going to have the chance at least to play on Sunday. So yep. uh, it's been an awesome year. I'm with you. Awesome, Horvat. As always, we appreciate you. Thank you, and we'll catch you next week. Thanks so much, guys. Yes, you will catch me next week. And uh, NFL this weekend, it's going to be a really interesting week. A really interesting week, but I think the Packers actually do win a game, guys. If the Rams, if the Rams don't have Matthew Stafford available at Lambeau Field in this game, cold-weather game, the Rams cannot go into Green Bay and beat the Packers. So I'm doing it again this week. Oh, Packers minus three. If they lose, you might not hear from me next I'm, I'm Hey, I'm rolling with you right now. I'm logging in right now. I'm going to put Let's that I'm putting that bet Let's in right it, now. Boys. All right. All right. Appreciate you, Horvath. Yeah. We'll catch you next week, brother. Yeah. That was those of BetMGM tonight. Honesty Sports Betting Insider, Ryan Horvath. Insider calls are presented by BetMGM. Go check out all the latest lines today on the BetMGM app.